0: Well you started off by saying that you're playing a monster. You're now playing the title monster in Lynn Nottage's Clydes at the Studio Theater in Washington DC and yet you have just come from playing the spirit of Christmas herself Scrooge's niece Frida is that how is that tonal whiplash Um it's fun Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 850, Clyde's in D.C. (laughs) G.D. Batiste is a Chicago-based actor now playing the title role in Lynn Nottage's Clydes at the Studio Theater in Washington, D.C., where it's been extended until April 16th of 2023. I've not seen this production, directed by Candace C. Jones, but I loved the play when I saw it last fall at the Goodman in Chicago, which is where Dee and I met when I played Scrooge, and she played Scrooge's niece, Frida. We began our conversation by talking about the differences between those two characters, but as we spoke, I was surprised to discover some similarities. Both of those women
1: are real, real far on the binary of just who I am I was like I'm not listen I'd love to be Frida the spinning and the giggling and the party dress and all of that I'm not I'm certainly not Clyde who's a monster but it is a big it is a big turnaround it's a big energetic shift Frida at the end of the night I think clearly she costs less because she's such a delight she's just like it's just like playing a shortbread cookie. It's just like, she's so sweet. You sort of leave, you're excited. You're like, oh, let's get drinks. You leave Clyde sort of wrung out. And
0: I'm dealing with that. I'm learning about what that is. Well, and, and it's only now just occurring to me as you talk about it, that both Clyde and Frida are sort of elemental forces who, who change the temperature of, of whatever rooms they're in or, 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 dominate the temperature of whatever rooms they're in yeah that's really accurate i never thought about that but that's
1: very true and that that is their power one used for good one used for the opposite of good but yeah that's real like every time either of those bodies walk into a room um i do and i think it's intentional i think they're on a mission to change the temperature of a room Mm -hmm. um and they are
0: undoubtedly successful both of them and they're and their lines of work (laughs) I've not read the script of Clyde's. I've only seen the Goodman production, which, which I love. Did you see that?
1: I did not see it because I was out of town and I was like, Oh my God, I have to see this show because I know I'm going to be auditioning for it. And I want, and like, and I never got to see it. I have never seen any production of Clyde's. So there's nothing in here except for whatever I've interpreted.
0: Well, and, but that's, that's my other interesting th- the other thing I'm fascinated by by the script because I would imagine not having read it that just with the words on the page it could be a very Clydes could be a, 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 an almost naturalistic um uh, drama that that has a lot of pain and anger in it and yet the Goodman production was very very leaned into the comedy of it and you still got all the pain And everything. How is how is your production? Is it similar like that? Is that endemic to the script? Um, I
1: think the comedy is certainly endemic to the script. I mean, like you you can't get around it, and so of course lean into it. Although I have heard, and I know from conversations with my director that we really leaned into the humanity, like just the human element, like the struggle of what it is to be in this vulnerable class of justice-involved bodies, or or Uh, criminal injustice-involved bodies, and so previously incarcerated people. So it's funny. I mean, it's funny because it doesn't, it can't not be, Lynn's writing is just so clever and so human that it's very funny. I'm not particularly a part of the funny parts. Although once I can feel the audience get used to her, and then when they get used to her and the way that we love a villain, like they lean into, they are amused by her antics, but it's a back and forth. It's a tug of war. Like every now and then they're laughing and I know they're laughing at how awful she is, or they're just preparing themselves. It feels very much um good nights. It's that middle school thing of like, someone says something. And before I react, I can hear the audience just go, Oh God. oh," God. And so then I feel like I have to rise to that occasion. But, um, yeah, it's, it's very funny, but I don't think it's as funny. I know it's not as funny as the Broadway production from conversations I've had with patrons, and um, I know that's not what my director was interested in. So I, I'm curious, having not seen The Goodman. I think we straddled the line pretty well. I think it's pretty 50-50. Lots of drama, lots of laughs.
0: Well, and I love that you talk about it as just simply human because humanity involves lot pain, pain and tears. And then and laughs. Yeah.
1: Dude, I think that's it. The fullest lives are sort of you can go through all those things back to back. I mean, that's I think we we get so bogged down in America, like, oh, it's so unhealthy. Like the only thing that's healthy is smiling and sitting quietly. And I was like, that's not true. Um, but these people are they're living fully on on that spectrum of humanity. I mean, all of the things that happen are in the room. You know, there's a single mother in the room, and there's there's all of the things that are human are in the room. And I think that's a testament to Lynn um, and to our director, Candace C. Jones, genius. I love her. So, but yeah, I think mostly it's just a really human production and that's Candace's vision.
0: And um, not to give any spoilers away, but is Clyde literally the devil? I don't think she's literally the devil, but I always joke. I walk around, I'm like, I'm
1: playing a demon. Like she's, she's doing Mm -hmm. the devil's work. Mm. and that's certain. Um and she's doing it unapologetically, which is a delight. Um <laughs> to play rather, but it's funny so many people leave and they're like, "Oh, it's just I don't know, is, is there redemptive qualities?" and without spoilers, it's always funny to me because we grow up watching these mo- I love a monster. Like, I love a Walter White, I love a Tony Soprano. Um I just think we're so not used to it in specific bodies. So, like, I'm not looking in season five for like Walter White's redemption. I'm just waiting, just waiting for the end as we, you know, like, or Macker's redemption, whatever. But I just think it's funny because in this piece, and, you know, people want her to be redemptive and they want to see, you know, what's under it. And I was like, oh, it's a mob boss story. It's a mob boss story. There's, she's, what's under it? Do what the f she says. I don't know. She's not literally the devil. I don't think it's, fable in that way but I she is doing the devil's work and she's
0: very invested in that she enjoys it <laughs> when I and I love that you talk about redemption because that's what so many of all of the characters are really undergoing is a process of redemption to, uh, 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 of their own selves and and whatever society thinks oh, needs yeah. needs redeeming and yet and yet Clyde is this agent of chaos who, depending on how you read it, and I guess produce it, maybe doesn't it doesn't get redeemed? Well, and
1: I mean, and this is a controversial uh, take, but also there's uh, villain origin stories. I don't know. I mean, I've made her up, but we don't necessarily get the full picture of the piece. Um, but who's to say this isn't her redemption? Right? Like, I feel like we are standing in. Clyde's freedom, it just looks like this, um, which is chaotic and awful. And for people who I think are well adjusted and/or not coming from whatever hell she is coming from. But I firmly believe, in my production rather, that all these people are trying to get free, and they're sort of in this liminal space between their incarceration and what is their redefined their chosen freedom. I have to believe that this is, this is what Clyde has chosen. Like this, I, whatever she came from, whatever hell she is coming from, she feels free in it. And she is free in it. I mean, she's terrorizing these people, but no one's terrorizing her that you can see. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's, and you know, I don't know. Then you get lofty ideas of what freedom is and how no one's ever done with that work. But yeah. um, I just, I don't need her to be redeemed in this piece. I don't know what, what people walk away with, but a lot of people after are really yearning for that. Yeah. Um. And then they come and they bring that yearning to me and I can't, there's nothing I can do with it except for to say, this is a mob boss piece. It's just the mob, the mob boss looks different than what we're used to. But yeah, like I'm not watching Scarface and waiting for, redemption i'm I, you know i want to see i want to see the conflict of what that is um i forget what is um going back to walter white what was oh my gosh gorgeous the el polio guy what's the, the actor
0: oh jean carlo esposito
1: yeah. oh my gosh what an incredible villain but yeah. like i'm not watching it going oh i wish i wish i could find his redemption i'm watching going my god this guy's a bad guy. And I think that's fun for me as a woman to get to play and and let other people worry about her redemption, right? Like, I don't care.
0: Well, and yes, do we want to see her redeemed or do we want to see her get what's coming to her? And it's, I, I love your mob boss analogy because because the play ends not unlike the final moment of The Sopranos. Yes. It cuts to black and you go, wait, what just happened? What's Mm -hmm. what you can, anybody can decide what has happened to Clyde. Exactly. And whatever you need, I suggest
1: in that, in that darkness, you build that. But I was like, you know, I always say, and I'm, and maybe it's wishful thinking. But as Lynn starts to build in her own universe, right before I did this, I was acting coaching, I'm a part-time professor, um, acting coaching Sweat. So I got to see Jason travel from Sweat into this. And it was really fresh and I was like, oh, she's starting to build her own universe. And for me, I'm like, dude, Clyde feels like an introduction. I hope that she brings this woman back mm. um, to build her. So the way that she's built her um, and not bring her back, what a waste, but I, it feels like a beginning episode of of what might come with this with this woman i'm very hopeful for
0: that hi i'm scott simon of npr news you're listening to the Reduce shakespeare company podcast fool where can you rsc the rsc We'll perform the complete history of comedy abridged five times in April on April 1st in Reston, Virginia, on April 8th at the McCarter Theater in Princeton, New Jersey, and then in Pueblo, Basalt and Lone Tree, Colorado on April 19th, 21st and 22nd, 2023. Check out the touring page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com or our Twitter feed at Reduced for the latest information. Now back to my conversation with Dee Batiste, who plays the title role in Lynn Nottage's Clydes at the Studio Theater in Washington. Washington. Washington, D.C. through April 16th, 2023. I asked Dee Dee how often she gets to play a badass. Never. Yes. Never. That's what's
1: so fun. I'm always, I've been playing a mother because I'm, it's podcast, I'm like six foot tall. I identify as a full-figured woman. So it's like, I've been playing a mother since undergrad. I've been just sort of like, Walter Lee, eat your eggs, like, you know, just trying to get the kids up into school. Um, even when I, you know, I was 20 and I was starting my acting career and all of the sides are just mothers, young mothers. Now I'm playing mothers of teenage kids. I have no kids. I don't know what that is. Um, but it's so funny. I never get to. So in that way, I'm like, let's go, let's go. Everything's on the table. Um, and that's very fun for me. Even though I'm a nice person, I'm not a demon like Clyde is.
0: Well, and 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 I know you give the greatest hugs ever, um, because <laughs> um, we work. We got to work together last fall in Christmas Carol, and um, not only were you the embodiment of, of of the Christmas spirit playing Scrooge's niece Frida, but for a couple of times. You went on as the ghost of Christmas present herself. Indeed. Was that (sighs) challenging? Was that just an extension, uh, even more so, of Frida, like, times 10? Here's the thing. The ghost of Christmas present,
1: one, was it challenging? Was it fun? It was mostly PTSD because I'd done it the year before um, when the pandemic was sort of ravaging theaters. It was crawling back to life. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, it's back. It's back. Um, but it's funny because I think the ghost of Christmas present has more grit than Frida has for me. It's, it's like she, because she has a mission, a real mission, um, and real things at stake as does Frida. But I think the lessons are harder and there's a child's life at stake uh, with Tiny Tim and if, if, if Screech can't learn it. Um, so energetically, I feel like that woman or spirit um was closer to me because she has she doesn't have more humanity than Frida but she she's got a different level like she can drop in and sort of give a real truth and um there's an urgency to her you know she's got to do it by midnight or whichever hour she's got an hour she's got an hour a tight hour to do it um but that was fun it was fun and it's weird Frida's such a tops and tails of that piece she's bookends right right um and I never am in the middle of that piece uh, and, and Christmas Carol. I just sort of come in at the top, there's a tiny sparkle in the middle, and then at the end, but to be with the warmth, specifically of Goodman's Christmas Carol, which has its own mag- mag- magic. Um, but to be there in the warmth, specifically of the Cratchit scene is such a thing. Um, and to watch the children and the family that moment feels really connected to Chicago's audiences and all the Christmas time, right? Like yeah. there's something really sacred in it uh, that I love about that whole piece of just observing one another, which we don't really talk about with the ghosts, but just being able to sit and listen and observe one another um, and learn from that feels really sacred. So that that's a lovely moment. I was I felt very blessed after being very scared to to enter that part of the story
0: the more you talk about the ghost of christmas present who has an awareness of the downside of capitalism you know and 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 the people that get neglected and shunted off to the side i'm now seeing another parallel to clyde's because absolutely clyde is is clyde is the scrooge (laughs) Of, she is the Scrooge. She
1: loves capitalism. She does not care about these people.
0: Does not care um, about people. Exploits the people.
1: Well, and yeah, and I mean, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing else to say about that. She moves people, though, like chess pieces, though. Like it is no, she's not stupid. She's, she's not, I, and it's, it's funny. It's like, I don't know that she could be rehabbed like Scrooge could be, because I just don't think there's interest. But. um she knows that the the people she's hiring are of a vulnerable class. It's why she hires them, right? So yeah. she she cares about them enough to make sure yeah, she's like, "Oh, who's isolated? Who's down on their luck? Who has no access to law enforcement?" Great. <laughs> it's awful. I don't know. I don't know why she is the way she is. She struggles. She's a very mean lady, but also she's a boss and I think holding that space of being in charge um, as a woman, and also as a woman of color, I think costs a lot of energy and she she has to keep a tighter grip on it than perhaps a Walter White might. So she keeps a, a death grip on her, as it were, and she likes it. <laughs>
0: That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, except for one more thing, which I'll share with you in about 60 seconds, so stick around. Candace C. Jones' production of Lynn Nottage's Clyde's, starring Dee Dee Batiste in the title role, runs at the Studio Theater in Washington, D.C. through April 16, 2023. Go to studiotheater.org for more information, then send us your perfect sandwich recipe via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. Or throw a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or on our own actual website, ReducedShakespeare.com, or visit my website, theshakespearians.com. You can also follow Didi Batiste on Instagram at Didi Batiste. Thanks as always to Zen Su chef Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and GarageBand. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Daniel Marmion. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to definitely not a monster in Washington, D.C., Scott Simon from National Public Radio. And as always, thanks very much to you for listening. Please continue to stay safe, get your boosters and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 850, 2550ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. I wish I could see it because it would be so great to see you as the badass villain we in a comedy that we love to hate. Yes.
1: Uh, I wish you could see it too. It's strange when people come to see it to see me this way. And um, I've had people come to see it who haven't. I just recently had a friend who I did a summer camp with a fine arts camp. (laughs) Nerd. nerd and we hadn't seen each other in 15 years and she brought a friend and um i got to the lobby and it was so strange she was like can i can i hug you and i know she was she was joking but like and her friend was like whoa that is weird she's like you came out you're like radiant in joy and you have this like really youthful and like it's such a flip so i'm I'm, i want more people who know me to see it because it's really scary to have people who don't know me see it I'm in a town of people who don't know me where I'm like, what are these people? Do they think I am? I, I was, there was a talk back and I didn't get to attend it. And I guess one of the patrons asked, one of my um, castmates, like, do you guys have to really separate from Clyde in the back? I mean, it feels like, and they're like, no, she's, she's a nice person. <laughs> but I just think it's very scary because she's unrelenting. Like she is, each time you hit against that wall, it's harder and it's angrier. And um,
0: yeah, she's... Well, and She's that's the miracle of casting, too. You don't want a Clyde or a Scrooge that is actually like that offstage.
1: No, they would ruin, yeah, because both of those are really ensemble pieces. Like, yeah. you know, like, I think everything is an ensemble piece. I don't really, there's no, there's no such thing as an ensemble piece. But that energy would really ruin a room. And there's hard things that have to happen in this piece as well, where it's like, I can't imagine having an actual tyrant in this space
0: would help you tell that story.